Welcome to this week's episode of the Comeback Girl podcast, the first interview of 2019. I want to say to you, may the ceilings of 2018 be just your floors in 2019. I've wanted this podcast to be as practical in advice for returners as possible. And to that end, this week, I'm talking to a refreshingly honest entrepreneur. Her name is Rebecca Newenham, and Rebecca is the founder of Get Ahead Virtual Assistant Agency. The demand for virtual assistants or VAs in the UK is huge right now. How would you like to do what you love, working from home, around all of your other priorities? Your smartphone is your office. Or how would you like to finally run your own business with a proven toolkit and a ready-made blueprint for success? Well, Rebecca can offer either opportunity to the right person. In this chat, after sharing her own great comeback to work, Rebecca reveals some precious inspiration from her own mum's working life about working patterns and work purpose. She then tells us what a VA does and how you can become one, or how you can run your own franchise for Get Ahead. What an opportunity in today's gig economy. Listen away, and I hope you are as inspired by Rebecca's story as I was. If we just start with a little bit of your own story, coming from leaving the retail buying world to have your own children. Could you describe the journey? So um, I purposefully decided to take an eight-year career break. So we we had three girls and it was always a decision that I would spend some time being a mummy. I had three girls and it wasn't until Robin, my youngest daughter, started school that I was really wanting to sort of nail my next opportunity for me. I used to look, especially when I had my first daughter, look at everyone racing off to work and sort of think, oh, I'd love to be doing something, but I don't know quite what. So I purposely had that eight years off. And within that time, I was a chair for the local preschool. We had a couple of properties I managed. So I didn't feel I was totally mummified, but I was loving the fact that I was able to have some time with the girls and really enjoy that phase of my life, always knowing that that was a part of my career but just not working in a sort of professional sense so I knew that I wanted to do something for myself and my mum had run a tutorial agency when I was growing up so I I realised that there must be lots of other opportunities out there so I spent quite a lot of time just sort of researching jobs that might fit with my skill set but I didn't want to have to go back into the retail buying there wasn't a local retailer near me I didn't want to have to go into London and sacrifice you know the groundwork I sort of put in for the girls up until then and I also knew that actually this is quite an exciting stage I can do something totally for myself and it doesn't have to be a traditional role necessarily so looked quite heavily into various work for myself and heard the term virtual assistant it was very strong in the states they're probably 10 years ahead of us I don't have an admin background so I guess I knew that I didn't want to actually do the doing the whole time but it was a starting point so I went on a day's training course with a friend who ironically was in the same situation as me she relocated actually and she'd been a retail buyer as well and she said I want to do something but I don't know quite what so we both investigated it and both set up our own individual businesses 
and sort of took it from there. And I think the excitement for me, Laurel, was that bit around, I've got something I can completely create for myself. And it opened up a lot of doors for me that way. But I also was able to identify my skill set and realise I needed to have a plan of action. It was really exciting setting up my home office with very basic equipment, but knowing then I had time that was for me, that was work time, and Robin was just about to start school, so I did a bit of research in that year leading up to it. What was it like in year one and year two of setting up your own business, home office, being at home, just you? Can you describe some of the feelings that you had to sit with? I love the independence. I love the fact that the day was mine and I could sort of decide what I was going to do. But equally, there was that slight feeling, I've actually got to do some work and I've got to go and find the clients. And that was quite daunting. But I am naturally quite nosy. I had quite a good little local network within the sort of the mummy world. So I was quite good at telling people what I was doing. And I think if I was giving advice to anyone in that, that stage of their sort of transition, it's about being open, talking to people. And I think you suddenly realise who you know. And actually a couple of my really close mummy friends generated my first referrals of clients because they got what I was about and what I was looking for. So I think it was, for me, not being scared to say, look, I'm starting this up. I don't have any clients yet. This is what I'm doing. What do you think? And taking on other people's opinion was really, really helpful. Mm. I do remember networking after having done this basic course I went on knowing that I'd have to stand up and do a pitch somewhere and that reminded me of when I had to do a talk at school you know I couldn't bear it but actually I also knew that my confidence had grown significantly in the corporate world and having had kids you know you meet so many different people and you have to get out there and talk to people and it's almost it was almost like a more grown-up version of going out to a playgroup you didn't know anyone it was sort of embracing it that way and thinking, actually, this is my time now to, to grow up a little bit and have to, have to be brave and stand up. And it was, yeah, it was daunting in part, daunting, but also very exciting. You cite your mum as inspiration for setting up your own business yeah. and how to contribute financially to the home as well as be fulfilled, be a mum. What tried and tested methods did she pass on to you that you found have really helped you? Yeah, I think one of them was having a very defined space where she worked. So I can remember my brother and I knowing that if the door to her office was shut, you know, there was no way we could go knocking on the door or try and come in. So I tried to instill that at home. So I have a home office, all my team are based at home. So I've always been very open. I haven't pretended to clients. I've got some super duper office in the middle of you know, central guilt, but it is in my home. So having a space that was mine and that is mine, I can shut the door. My mum was very, I suppose she proved to me that there's that element of being flexible. So she used to do a lot of work in the evening. And interestingly, that's something I've never wanted to do. I'm no good in, at night time. So mm. but she proved to me that you, know, you can carve out the right time and be very disciplined and organised in that. So I have my, still got my paper diary as well as my online one. And I'm very clear I put chunks of time when I'm working in that. And that's how I've always been. But I've also been very good at having my breakfast and my girlfriend's coffees and you know, having that balance. So I've never been frightened to sort of pencil that in either. And I think she gave me that confidence to realise that you don't have to work in the traditional times, but it's about looking at you as an individual and how best you work. Mm. Interestingly, yeah. what's coming through and what you're saying is I'm very interested in 
our self-care. I'm thinking about myself. I'm a mother and I'm working and I want to be doing everything. But I also appreciate that I'm not, I don't have endless resources of energy and I've got, you know, a physical body that I've got to contend with. Yeah. So self-care is a big thing that comes up for me as I get close to my 50s. And it's nice to hear you talking about making sure that you build in those coffees and breakfasts with your girlfriend so you're staying connected as yeah. well as having the business looking after your your own daughters at home what else do you are you happy to share that you do around self-care um so have a personal trainer once a week i do pilates so i'm all about the sort of the, my mental health mm. and i've suddenly discovered in the last few months podcasts so if I'm driving I used to get slightly fed up with being sort of dictated to by the local radio station and so having podcasts on my phone and utilizing that's been really interesting and not just necessarily business ones but other ones about you know how to say thank you was one I listened to the other day mm. so those sort of things make me feel good and I, but I think exercise has been a big one for mm -hmm. me can't imagine not having that and I'm not some huge sporty number either but it's more about having that balance and I've started running and I'm doing week six of my couch to 5k and that's been amazing I'm putting my music on and sort of escaping at five o'clock at night got my little patch that I do locally and that makes everything feel easier nice to have another little goal outside business and work to go after it yeah. does really build confidence doesn't it yes so in running the business, would you say that you found your purpose? I have. And I always remember, I know we keep talking about my lovely mummy, but I always remember her saying to me, you will find your thing. When I, you know, when the girls had three under five and I'd be looking at everyone who looked like superwoman running around having the job and I had no idea what they were doing. And she said, you will find your thing. And interestingly, she retrained to be a counsellor after she finished running her tutorial business and she found her additional thing. So I think I always held that as a sort of a goal for me. And I have, I've, cre I've created my thing. I have played to my strengths, which are as in business development, meeting people, networking, speaking. And I think that for me is, is my purpose. I don't have the dreaded Sunday night feeling. And that's mm. also something I never wanted to have again. I didn't want to have, be controlled by one big hairy boss that was telling me what I needed to do and I, I feel now that that was my purpose was to find something fulfilling ticks all the boxes that lets me be the boss when I want to be lets me be interested in finding out and mixing the different people and I really developed what I call my sort of professional family locally around the country you know internationally where I know who I can go to and it's finding that that trusted environment and that for me mm. was my purpose I guess. What a wonderful concept of a professional family. I don't... Well, I heard it, so I've, I didn't make it. I can't take claim to that, but someone had mentioned it. I thought, yeah, that really is what I'm, I've been striving for. And, and you know, as well as I do, you can go on LinkedIn, you can have thousands of connections, but it always boils down to a few solid people that you can actually say, actually, I'm not having a great day, or what do you think about this client? This hasn't quite gone right, and you don't want that judgment that you might get. And also, we all see everyone on Instagram running the perfect life and then it's soon you, you have a one-to-one -one with someone and find out actually no that isn't really quite how it is so it's sort of finding those honest connections that you have is so important. Oh I couldn't agree with you more I had a drink with an old boss a couple of months ago and I was telling her about a, a particular business plan I had and she called me out on it she said that wouldn't suit you at all the way that you tick what I know about you and what drives you 
that sounds really sexy, but it's not going to sustain you longer term. And in that moment, I thought she's absolutely right. And and that's part of having a professional family is that somebody mm. who can call out what you're... <laughs> and be honest rather than say yeah. what you, think you want to hear. And that's what's so cringy sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. She mm. could have really affirmed me and said, go for it. But in a way she was affirming me. She was saying your strengths are in another direction and it was so incredibly helpful. Oh, brilliant. Oh, good for her. Um, I love mm. that. Professional family. Yeah. Yes. It sounds to me like my next question has been answered that you believe you found a way to, to have an integrated and, and balanced life. Thinking about your mum friends and people who you talk to at the school gate who might be looking at a step back into work, what yep. sort of advice do you tend to give them? Yeah, I often will say, well, what, what are you wanting to achieve? So there's a number of friends that couldn't think of anything worse of running their own thing because they know that it does become an additional child in your family. So it's really getting to understand what their motivations are. So is it that you just want to fill some time? Is it that you want to earn decent cash? Is it that you want to do something that's going to be scalable that you're going to have for, for a long time? So it's sort of really nailing that motivation, then really honing in on could you run something? Are you good on your own? A number of my team absolutely love the fact that the work we give them means they can be at home for the whole of nine till three and that's brilliant so it's sort of really understanding people's motivation what they're wanting to achieve and then looking at what's out there it's about nailing the motivation of a person first and foremost i completely agree with you otherwise you expend energy in all of the wrong directions exactly and i've, I've seen a lot of people in the eight years i've been running the business that aren't around anymore and I can almost pinpoint a lot of that's because they didn't really have the belief in what they were doing or they didn't really know what they wanted to achieve. Nailing your motivation, thinking really about what you want to achieve. What type of a person are you? Are you somebody who can work alone? Do you need to be working in an environment where there's lots of other people around? Yeah. And then you have a wonderful take on networking, which I would imagine you would say is the next step, I certainly would, where you start to tell people that that's what you want to achieve. Yes. Um, and I love what you say about networking just being all about listening, mm -hmm. listening to what people need and then finding out a solution to that, whether you can provide it yourself or whether you then need to refer it on to another party. Yeah, yeah. I almost see it a bit like a sort of a, a huge dinner party where, you know, you go and you naturally are interested in people and I think I've learned in the last few years not to immediately say, so what do you do when you meet someone at a network meeting? It's more about engaging, you know, what brought you here? How did you hear about the meeting? And just finding information out about people and then remembering. And I think that's people are always very, sort of have a huge compliment if you remember something about them. It's about building up that trust as you would do with any friendship and, and you will meet somebody at networking that you perhaps won't want to necessarily talk to in great detail again but you have to give people airtime. it all boils down to listening yeah and genuine and I think it's, people so pick up on someone that isn't genuine and that whole thing when they're looking around their shoulder because they want to talk to somebody else so it's about being very honest oh, horrendous mm. yeah what thinking about the elevator pitch i think that everybody should have a personal elevator pitch could you help us demystify 
that concept a little bit because I think it's it puts the frighteners on people when they think, oh, it, I'm just envisaging having to stand up in front of 20 people and talk about myself. I, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about when you're one-on-one yeah. talking about who you are, what you offer. How would you, how would you suggest that a person goes about their elevator pitch? Yeah, I think it's about having a confidence so never apologizing about what your story is but equally bringing something alive because people do like to understand what brought you to where you are how you got there and what you're looking for and I if I'm thinking about a, when we're doing a professional elevator pitch we always bring them alive by giving examples and people love hearing a story so I think it's about being extremely natural but getting your personality across I think is so important. Fantastic. So that people actually think I could work with you instead of you're really annoying and salesy and you're not listening to, you're not bothering to find out anything about what my needs are, what, what pain points I need you to take away. You have to remember that you can't work with everybody and you should never feel that just because someone's interested in what you're doing, that, that they'll be the right fit for you either. And I know that comes with experience. But like anything, you've got to be able to provide the right thing for the person. And a lot of it boils down to timing as well. If you could name one limiting belief that holds women back from stepping into careers after breaks, what would it be? I think ultimately, you know, you're not good enough. You know, why would they want me when actually it should be totally the other, other way around? And I, I remember that sort of very negative thing. Well, how could I possibly do that? So I think it boils down a lot to, to confidence and I overcame that by doing my research and looking at how my own skill set could be applied to something, but also realising that I will always need some personal development and whatever it is. So if you're very clear on where you want to go and you've got your sort of vision, it's breaking that down into bite-sized bits to make it happen. Can we talk a little bit about Get Ahead? You can, yes. And, you know, what a virtual assistant does. Yes. And how a franchise owner operates. The Get Ahead virtual assistant is a freelancer, so they manage their own tax and insurance and everything like that. So the beauty of working with us as an agency is that we provide our team with the clients and we find them interesting and relevant work but they also, my team also managed their own client base as well. So a virtual assistant would need to feel comfortable to go and do some networking. So they would be clear on what their skill sets are. So as a business as a whole, we have a variety of virtual assistants. We have a telephone answering team. We have admin virtual assistants who will do diary management, produce beautiful presentations, support a business owner in any aspect of their sort of admin. We also have social media managers which work remotely on very similar scale and marketing and PR so a virtual assistant can cover a variety of different skill sets it's about sort of defining where you personally feel that your skills are are best suited so a lot of our admin virtual assistants will have been PAs, EAs in a corporate environment and can very easily transition into being a virtual assistant home base because all you simply need is you know access to a PC printer and can remotely go in and utilize everyone's system that way if you're thinking about becoming a virtual assistant it's about being very aware that you need to be able to work on your own but you can factor in networking meetings and other personal development things that will give you that that fix of being with other people and i think the overriding benefit for the 
for our team is that they get interesting work and they can manage their own diary and they don't have to do it at set times necessarily. Obviously, some things need to be done within a certain time frame, but the majority of it fits flexibly into somebody's working week, which is great. And the work is generally interesting. And often clients say, oh, I don't know how. This is such a boring job I'm going to give somebody. But actually, the VA loves it because it's not something they're doing every day for hours on end. It's generally they can see the value that they're adding to the client by doing it, whether it's sorting out a meeting, sorting out an event, even mundane tasks. It's lovely when you fulfill that for a client and you help them move on and allow them to concentrate on what they do best. Is it just people who are really strong on admin, organising, or do you move into other realms of assistance? So I'm thinking about marketing and... Yeah, so we've got the core admin bits, and then we've also got marketing strategy, implementing marketing in whatever guise it is for clients. Social media is part of that marketing, Mm -hmm. PR. So any, any of those skill sets can be done remotely. And actually clients much prefer it because although they will obviously like to have the odd face-to-face, they're not paying for somebody sitting in the office, getting in the way, getting involved with the office politics. They're simply paying for the work that's done and that there is enough information to enable somebody to do that remotely. And actually a clean pair of eyes that's not involved with the intricacies of working in an office is quite refreshing. Yeah, it can be quite dispassionate about what's exactly. going on. Yeah, and, and perhaps has more of a confidence to be truthful in what they feel the client might not necessarily like to hear, but they can be very honest because they know that they're giving them that expert help as they need it. And that could be incredibly useful for, if I think about my husband who works on his own, he worked in corporate environments for a long, long time, had an EA who was his right and left hand, then he set up on his own, had nobody Mm. and spent, you know, hours focused on admin instead of his core business. And so he now has a PA and his life is transformed. In fact, our life is transformed. So the the impact that these individuals have on an organisation, but an individual is massive. So even if they're doing quite Mm -hmm. mundane tasks, I'm saying that in inverted commas, actually the value that they add beyond the task itself is enormous. Yeah, 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 hugely. And I think the client doesn't always realise what their own hourly rate is. Yeah. And, they, and they'll say, oh, £30 now, whatever. That seems a lot. And actually, well, if you hone in on what your own as a business owner's hourly rate is, why should you be spending what might be £200 an hour doing that activity when you could be outsourcing it to someone else and free yourself yeah. up and you concentrate on, on yeah. where your skills lie? Yeah, you're released to focus on, on the business that will generate revenue. Yeah, exactly. How, what's the process of applying to become a VA with Get Ahead? Um, is a CV and then we've got a list of questions that we can um, hand out. So at the moment, the team's fairly full. I think at one stage, we were taking any people on who were obviously relevant, but then perhaps only giving them one client and that wasn't enough. So we've been really honing in on filling them up, which has been great, but really would love yet open my doors now to anyone that's interested in talking to us. And then 18 months ago, we scaled the business by launching a franchise offering. So I have got regional offices around the country and they're always looking for new people and we do like to have that regional bit so mm-hmm. for a VA to be part of a region means they can have workshops with the team and meet up that way which is always really nice. Mm-hmm. 
And you mentioned that you were um, open to, to talking to potential franchise owners. Yes. What is the day in the life of a franchise owner? So um, you and I spoke earlier about this like cringy thing over franchise and you said immediately yes. McDonald's. And I, yes. said, I, I always hear these horror stories. So the reason we call it franchise is that we operate as a franchise. So a franchise owner... So if I use Fiona, for example, Fiona's my franchisee in Leeds. Fiona has two children who are at school and she wanted a change. She'd been working in a corporate environment for a number of years and suddenly said, I can't bear it anymore. I want my own thing. She didn't want to do the doing either. And that's the role of a franchisee is that they go out, do the business development, go networking, build up a client base, and then they outsource the work, as I do to my core team, to a core team of freelancers. But her week is primarily going out, networking, reacting to clients that are wanting work and managing her team. She just loves being part of something, but also has the autonomy to run her own thing as well. Back to the professional family. Exactly, yes. We had a lovely Christmas. We have a Christmas... Um, celebration she came down from Leeds to London for that and she said it was so lovely to physically meet some of the team in in person who are from the core part but also she's got her own team in Leeds as well so so it ticks all the boxes then. Exciting times for you so what would the what would the plans look like for the next five years for Get Ahead? Um, I'm keen to get a new franchisee every quarter so we've got four currently which have grown in the last year so but it for me it's about finding the right people you know we get applications you can imagine a lot of the time mm-hmm. each week for people saying well, I'd like to be a virtual assistant that's different from running a franchise so for me it's I'm spending my energy on developing the right people and I was really chuffed Salvatore is running our office in Bristol he's a man and so it sort of helped with that whole thing about this isn't all female you know we've got a core number of our team in our telephone answering team but also in our marketing team that are guys as well so that's been really refreshing because I you know obviously I'm power women I'm a flexible working but it also works for guys as well which is great oh and increasingly if we ever change the laws around paternity leave and, and men get represented more fairly it will be wonderful for them to take long career breaks and come back into something like this and use all of the skills that they've amassed as well to it would be a fantastic yes, opportunity yeah. I think being a franchise owner would be just an awesome opportunity i'm slightly tempted myself although i hope my boss isn't listening to this Um, you're such an inspiring person your drive i love the story about your mum and and what a role model she's been and the amount of people that you're helping to be able to stay at home do their life and add value in the market as well it's just a brilliant model and i'm sure that the growth is going to be stratospheric over the next five years oh thank you Laura no I like you said I have found my purpose and I would say to anyone yeah your purpose is out there you've just got to be clear about what it is so Rebecca we will share all of the links uh, to either applying to be a VA or finding about 
franchise owners, um, for want of a better word. But as I was saying to you, we do automatically associate with McDonald's, but I happen to know an incredibly successful mm. McDonald's franchise owner who spends the year travelling and working about a week a year. So for our listeners, yeah. if that's what you That's your motivation. Yes. Exactly. Look no further than Rebecca. Rebecca, thank you so much for your time. Oh, no, thank you, Laura. It's great. Thank you. So- Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. The Comeback Girl podcast and the blog at www.comebackgirl.com are entirely free resources. They're offered to encourage you in your return to work after a career break. My name's Laura Izard, and as a career returner myself and deeply experienced recruiter, I'm all in for bringing other women back to work after career breaks. In the podcast, I share real-life stories of comeback journeys, practical advice on finding fulfilling work, and help with the all-important mindset and confidence required. I'd love you to leave a review today on iTunes to help spread the word. Women's careers today can feature pivots, rest, complete about-turns, and still be hugely impactful and filled with purpose. I'm a firm believer that your best work can be ahead after a career break. Follow Comeback Girl along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and the blog as you come back better than before.